Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week in league, we're coming to you live from the grand ballroom of Lock Vale Towers Resort and Casino for the second annual Twilly Awards. We're surrounded by a cavalcade of stars. Look, there's Ryan Tandy taking a two over the craps table. And speaking of taking a two, there's Nate Miles excusing himself and leaving via the hallway. Timmy Moulton looks confused. He doesn't know whether to sit at the Dragons table or the Tigers table. And look, Des Hasler told everyone he was sitting with the Seagulls, but he seems to have settled in at the Bulldogs table. And entertaining the crowd of Robert Louis in the corner playing Max Merritt covers on acoustic guitar. And of course, we'll reveal all of the winners from 2011 Twilly Awards. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 69 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. And I'm going to avoid any jokes about the episode number. Because I'm so mature. <laughs> 69. Get it? <laughs> no. No, I'm married. Uh, we're both, we're both too, too, sick to, too sick to even uh, stumble across the innuendo. Yes. Uh, housekeeping, first thing, uh, with the shop. Just a reminder on the t-shirts, we're on pre-order status with the shirts and we don't pull the trigger until such time as we reach a minimum level for each design. So if you've been thinking about grabbing a shirt, make sure you get on board ASAP because we don't want to hold up the people who already have jumped in. Yes. Um, podcast awards. Oh, just another note on oh, the yeah. shop as well. Um, we're out of medium to extra large curved bring hats. We have officially sold out. And uh, we'll be placing another order in the next week or so. So um, at the moment, we have one back order. Uh, but if you do want to continue to place your orders, they will be coming through uh, in cool. the next couple of weeks. So. And what about stock on the uh, small, was it small to medium? The other small, small to medium curved brim, we've got about three or four left okay. of those. And there's still stock of the flat brim hipster cool Gen Y caps. Okay. Get amongst it, you kids. Cool. Podcast Awards. Thank you to everyone who nominated us for the Podcast Awards, and we actually made it. Stunned to see that we actually made it onto the list of podcasts nominated for the sports category. Our How comp- great is that? It's, it's awesome. Our competition, they're all American, <laughs> mostly NFL, and three of them are run by ESPN. There's ESPN Football, ESPN Fantasy Football, and an ESPN Baseball one, I think. We can um, do this. Yeah, we've got no illusions about the effort it's going to take to upset one of those guys, specifically ESPN. The other ones seem to be less professionally uh, affiliated with like an actual uh, broadcaster but obviously you know they're there for a reason um, but we've come this far so uh, voting by the time you listen to this show voting should be open it's in the 12th it's based in the state so I assume Thursday at some stage it'll come live in Australia uh, we've got two weeks I think to vote and um, so I guess spread the word to as many people as you can and let's see what we can do I'm not sure what's involved in voting um I can only Even imagine it hasn't opened yet. Yeah, it hasn't opened yet. I, I can imagine that you'd be able to vote on every category. So you know, you fill out a, an entire voting form by voting for a show in each category. Um, you know, vote for us in sports. Other than that, you know, 
go for your life, vote for everyone. Go your hardest. If you see a Kevin Smith one, vote for that. I mean, I think there was a couple of his. I think Smodcast was in the adult category. Yeah. Um, I'm I not sure. I think Joe Rogan's one was in there. That's yeah, where was his personal favourite? Yeah, I love Joe Rogan's one, so comedy definitely vote only. for that. I think it's a comedy. Comedy one, yeah. Comedy's tough because um, Mark Maron's one is, all, is also good, but um, Joe Rogan's one of my favourite ones at the moment, so vote for that as well. Um, but yeah, I think it might be just, you know, tick a box, maybe put in your name and email address, hit submit and it's done. So it won't take long to vote. And uh, if you can drum up as many ringers as you can to put a vote in as well on our behalf, that would be awesome because, uh, you know, the more the merrier. Then better, better chance for us to actually... Uh, be epic to take it out. If we, if we could take out like ESPN, that would be hilarious. That'd be big scalp. Big, big scalp. scalp on our way to taking over the world. Exactly, exactly. Now, you've had the your spiel about the hats. Do you have anything else for the housekeeping section? No, that's that's about all. I just wanted to speak about the shop, so it's been okay. covered. Cool. Moving right along. News. Top story. The Desi situation. Everyone knows by this stage, I mean, it's certainly uh, the news is about a week old by the time you're listening to the show that Des Hasler will be going to the Doggies as their coach on a four-year deal commencing at the start of the 2013 season uh, with Jim Dimmick to coach the Doggies for one year. Poor Jim Dimmick coaching them for one year before he settles into an assistant coach role for the subsequent four years. Um, the actual story itself is out there. We know no point going over the story again. No. Um, any comments? I was surprised. I was pretty impressed with the way the Bulldogs um, handled the situation and I was pretty impressed with the way that uh, Greenberg spoke in particular and Jimmy Dimmick as well had a really um, humble, realistic approach to to his um, pedigree at the moment as far as NRL coaches go. Um, and, And certainly had no ego or anything about the fact that he acknowledged that clearly... Des Hassler's uh, one of the best coaches <laughs> in the game, and he was happy to um, learn as much as he could next season before um, being Des's understudy. And yeah, just I was really impressed with the way they handled it. I was less impressed with um, with the reaction from Manly. And uh, look, very. Um, I just I, I found it really really odd that. It, depending on what story you believe, there was yeah. a lot of innuendo. and You can come out with the story, and I'll come out with the actual story yeah, when you're done. Th- there's probably a lot of um, innuendo and, and things that have been reported in the media that probably haven't been entirely the truth. But um, did it come down, you know, Manly's offer was was more, but the, the position with the board, between the board and, and Hasler was at a point where he didn't feel that he could work within that. Uh, any longer and I just when you've got a guy that's steered a team to three grand finals in five years um, for two premiership victories and not only that like the crop of kids that he's brought through wouldn't you just do everything you could in your power to keep that guy just don't understand it like look at what the Tigers have done to keep Sheensy at the club and he's hopeless Premiership winning, uh, you know, most premiership victories, uh, most games coached. His record speaks for itself, but he hasn't coached the Tigers of three what's fucking he, grand finals in five years. Sorry? What's he done lately? Well, it depends how far lately stretches, mate. 
Not six years. 2005. <laughs> as far as all concerned, is lately. <laughs> so, um, look, it's a major coup for the dogs, and I would imagine that he's going to be immensely successful there with the resources he's going to have available to him, um, which are probably going to be more so than what he had at Manly. And he was Until he loses about four games in a row and then you'll get fucking sacked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I d- oh, well, I don't know. If he if he gets um, the team that he wants and, and can put his stamp on the club, then you know it might be a long time before they lose four games in a row. You know who he wants? Who? Sonny Bill. That's the player he wants. Really? Yeah. Who would have picked Desi to be Sonny Bill fan? Well, the footy show at the start of the season when he said that one of the players he'd like to coach would be Sonny Bill. Okay. Was that? <laughs> well, would the dogs have him back? It's a different dogs. Sort of shit all over your theory that Noel Cleal wouldn't go there, though. Why? It hasn't been decided. Asked his son. Sorry? It hasn't been decided, Noel Cleal. Well, I heard that it was final. See, there's this a is story a problem. for every story. This, this is the problem. There's a story There's a story for every story, but the real story is that there's no decision made. Noel loves living in the Northern Beaches, loves his lifestyle, and um, he, may, he may well go. He might drive across the Spit Bridge. But he may well not, too. He's not going to drive an hour each way to work every day, though. Let me tell you. Plenty of people do in Sydney to yeah. get to the next fucking suburb, some yeah. cases. But, you know, some people, you know, got the resources that they don't, you know, they're like, no, nah, beneath me. Not crossing the spit bridge for nothing. <laughs> um, he might he might take Donnie, the uh, the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, they have a fairly good relationship, and it makes sense. It makes sense uh, that that Donnie might go because uh, the one of the the carrots was promised as, uh, you know, state of the art, you know, sports science, blah blah blah. That's something that would interest Donnie personally for yeah. his position. It has nothing to do with Crush's position though. No. I mean, scouting play has got nothing to do with that. Um, he might take some guys like assistant, maybe Kelly Egan or whatever. But it just depends, I mean, how great a coach he is. I mean, if he's a great coach, you'll take himself and that's it. I mean, look at Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett, when he when he left the Broncos, he took Darius Boyd and one other player who I can't remember. He took the strength and conditioning guy. Um, that's it. He doesn't take... He, Wayne Bennett goes club to club and he, and he doesn't take anyone with him, except for Fluffy. He, do, yeah, he does take Fluffy. <laughs> I mean, and let's face it, <laughs> Cluffy, Fluffy wouldn't stay there. Um <laughs> And it's funny that you've got to be careful where you read the stories from because obviously a Daily Telegraph that just has a massive man, anti-manly agenda that started before the Desi thing. I mean, immediately after the grand final, it was all about you know, oh, did, what did Brett Stewart say on stage? Yeah. You know, immediately after the grand final, bam. So what are the facts then? If you know the facts, give us the facts. Well, I mean, no one knows all the facts, and you know, it, it, the story changes depending on who you ask because obviously. Um, there are various people in various positions and you know, everyone wants to cover their ass or, you know, like minimise the, the, the blame, you know, on their division or whatever that caused it. But um, knowing what I know, um, first thing is, it's just crazy people talk about the board. Like, it's just this thing, the board. There's three boards involved in Manly in the first place. So, I mean, to keep talking about the board and, and they talk about, oh, the faceless men who did this. I haven't Fucking, heard anyone say faceless, oh. but... There seems to be a couple of scapegoats, and whether they were solely responsible for it, I find it hard to believe that two blokes in particular have influenced this entire situation. Well, it sounds like they had, and this is the story. I mean, with the board, they started the negotiations, you know, back when he wanted to start the negotiations, but the problem is they could have got him for a certain price back in the day, but at the time, they didn't have the money. They couldn't afford that price. So, um, you know, do you point the finger at Graham Lowe for not getting sponsors on board? you know, quick enough in his tenure. Since Perry's come on board, they got Kaspersky and that's when they made an offer that was a massive offer, um, which I'll get to. But um, I've heard uh, varying figures that Scott Penn back in the in the early stages around uh, April, I think, this year, 
uh, was squabbling over a, f- a figure anywhere from five to twenty-five thousand dollars. You know, that you know, the, the, if it had been less than that, or if he had put pony up to twenty-five grand, it would have been sold, signed, and done just mm. like that. Um, there's also the fact that they they don't speak enough about the three-year deal, and I got a message late Thursday night about this that uh, there's a three-year deal that Desi agreed to for um, up to a million dollars a season. Um, it was basically incentive based. So if they won the grand final, you know, he'd get a million, you know, if they got the finals or, you know, you know, whatever they get, you know, it'd be less. But in any case, the low marker was still more than um, the dogs were offering. And he agreed to that and he was set to sign it on the Friday and for some reason didn't. And so as far as I'm concerned, his word is shit, really. I mean, you don't mm. say that. I mean, um, he's Englished it. He's totally Englished it. Planes weren't flying on Friday, clearly. Pens Planes weren't, weren't flying on, over the spit bridge. <laughs> Pens weren't signing or so, signing <laughs> paper on the Friday. Um, now, they talk about the sca- the main scapegoat you'll hear in the, in the papers are um, uh, Bob Riley and David Perry. Um, David Perry, the reason why he's on the shit list is because uh, he's the, the COO and he's the guy that finally um, sacked Zorba out of the club. Um, I've got nothing personal against Zorba, but Zorba... David Perry's not the first CEO or guy in charge that's tried to get rid of Zorba. He's just the one that was successful. Mm. And Zorba does have a lot of blood in his hands over the years, uh, you know, and he is <laughs> and he is a bit of a dinosaur. So popular with Desi, popular mm. with the players. Um, you Has know, been painted d- in, in, a, in a rather um, martyristic light um, in, the, a, in well, the light of this. He's the media guy. And yeah. the other thing you've got to remember is um, Dean Ritchie. You've got to be careful anything Dean Ritchie says because Dean Ritchie... Podcast with him. Long time, long time friend. Uh, you know, Zorba helped him get his start in the biz. You know, and they still podcast together. Yep, and everything and also. everything that links everything that leaks out of Manly will generally be a Dean Ritchie article. Yeah. Um, with the one that leaks with actual fact, yeah. because Zorba and Dean Ritchie. So you have got to be careful looking at Dean Ritchie. Riley, I'm not sure. I mean, there, apparently there's been a fallout. Desi and uh, Bob Riley. Um, I don't know what that's about. Uh, my my people didn't know what that was about either because anyone talks to Riley says, you know, there's no problem, blah, 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 but there is. Um, but, you know, who knows? So the verdict is basically that, you know, Desi, he wasn't pushed out. That's clear. He wasn't sacked. That's clear. So he made a decision to leave the club for less money, rip the heart out of the club on the way out the door over what? Falling out with two people. That's what it comes down to, mm. essentially. So... I think he. Had, I don't think he, the media has given him enough. Well, what's the opposite of credit? You know, for his role in the whole saga. I mean, yeah, well, board, he probably he, hasn't hasn't had his share of the blame in the whole situation. Exactly, and I respect that. As you know, I thank him for what he's done for the club and everything, especially you know back in the the early days when you know we're coming out of the Northern Eagles and everything. I mean, he certainly put us back on the right track, and you know the last few years have been great as far as um, the success, etc. But the way he's leaving is going to undo a lot of that for me, and I'll, I will never forgive him, and he'll be dead to me at the end of next season, if not sooner. Um, it's not the, But then it's not the first time he's gone out west for money. He did in his playing career, which I totally forgot about until this came this came up. Don't you remember Desi? You should remember Desi playing for Wests. Yeah. Yeah. How did Wests afford to pay anyone money? Like, it's, how could it's you probably, say... It's probably because we had to... It's probably because you know, our money was obviously... You know, in that era, it would have been tied up in a lot of other places as well. Uh. So we wouldn't have been able to... You know, <laughs> it would have come down to the fact that it might not have been hard because he was coming to the end of his career too at that stage. Yeah. Remember. Um, but yeah, so we should have known better. He goes west for money. Um, and I, for one, welcome our two V overlords. And mm. if the, whis- and the whis- whispers about assistants such as Cliffy and Beaver eventuate, then even better. Three, ma- I mean, obviously Cliffy came from North originally, but uh, once those guys hit Manly, especially Beaver and Tuvi, you know, start to finish at Manly, um, Beaver, you know, resisting massive offers to go to clubs like Parramatta, um, Manly Legends. I just, I don't get 
him coaching next year. Don't oh, I, no, I do, I do because they've had a succession plan in place. The day was always going to come when he was going to retire or leave or something. And when that day came, Tuvi was going to be the successor. So when that decision would be made, then they would, they'd get the, uh, I guess, the processes in place for a, cha- a seamless transition between the two. Now, this one, I mean, it's not, it's kind of acrimonious between, you know, the people that Desi doesn't like and um, and Desi. But Tuvi and Desi are obviously old mates. To, Hazel's not going to try and fuck his shit up. And so basically they just have to implement this succession plan that they've had. And so what will happen is I'd say you'll find that Desi at the moment, I think he's the forwards coach. In, he's, that's his part of the assistant coach job. Um, he'll probably Who's take that? Sorry, Tuvi, sorry. He'll, and he'll take, a, he'll take a, a more of an interest in the overall running of the side over the course of the season. Desi will probably start to step back and basically help him transitioning the head coach role. So although Desi will be there for next year, I don't know if he'll be, you know, and he'll be the nominal head coach, but it might only be in name only as the season mm. goes on. His involvement will probably be less as Tuvi starts to, you know, assert his thing and clean run into our 2013. I get all that, and that sounds fantastic, but it also has a potential on the flip side of that to be extremely distracting to the club and majorly disruptive, especially if they start the season out and, you know, there's still these sort of grumblings that are happening at the club and there's all this behind-the-scenes sort of bullshit going on and they lose a couple of games and the, the pressure intensifies and um, much like the situation with Kevin Moore at the Bulldogs, ironically, I just, I you know, I just find it odd that they're going to put themselves potentially through that when they can just cut their ties now. Tuvi's going to have a whole, he'll have a whole off-season you're forgetting the point. The you're forgetting. You're forgetting that the you know the the not confirmed but rumored get out clauses in certain players' contracts mm. that are dependent upon whether Hasler's sacked or not. I believe that when I see it. Yeah, not when he leaves. He can leave, but it's leaving prematurely, like by being sacked. He can walk even, I think. Yeah. But being sacked though is when they can be activated. I think. That's right. All. So and you know if the club's doing that, then you know good on. It's a smart move too, and. Yeah, well, the last thing they want is, you know, it's one thing to lose your head coach, but if you start losing a handful of players, yeah. especially the calibre of the players that are rumoured to have Well, people were worried about that, but that's really settled down the last couple of days because, like, most of the players that, that are rumoured to have these get-out clauses have all come out and said that, you know, Desi's a coach and coach is great, but there's 25 guys I play with and I want to keep the playing group together and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So they're all making the right noises, especially guys who I thought might have had more mercenary tendencies to them, like uh, like Watmo, people like that. Like, Watmo's come out very hardcore, like, you know... At the end of the day, head coach. But head having coach said that, bad. we've heard numerous times Watmo compared to a staffy. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> if staffies are nothing if not loyal, and yeah, and he's a manly boy through and through. He's loyal he's to, to, to the to the area and loyal to the club and loyal to his teammates first and foremost. So, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just manly till he died. And I, I don't know that anything Des does is going to influence that. No. Yeah, just. Um, I don't know. Really odd. The the timing of it all makes no sense. And well, I, that's I really yeah. Surprised. That that does make no sense. I mean, they could have done this deal in secret, and kept like you know kept it under lock and key between, you know, essentially whoever the decision maker was. Like you know, say Greenberg and Desi, and that's it. Mm. You know, I mean, it may have leaked out, but you know, if it was only a couple of people that knew about it, they could just deny it, and then you know, let it out. You know, sort of at the end of the season. But you know. For whatever reason, and you know the timing has to come down on him as well. So 
Well, exactly. He would have had to be another thing. He's, do, another to thing he's done to fuck the, another thing he's done that you know to fuck the side over that he hasn't been held to account for. Mm. So um, yeah, well, they, they, the dogs doing... wouldn't have announced it the way they did without his blessing, surely. No, that's what I mean. That's, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting it on him. I'm put, you got to understand. I'm not putting anything on the dogs. I mean, the dogs are a business. Exactly. They, right. This whole decided, thing is a business yeah. decision. Well, they decided who the, they decided the player that they wanted. The, the, sorry, the, the coach they wanted, yeah. and they you know put together a business proposition and they were successful. So I mean. There's nothing, nothing against them. All's I mean, fair as far as yep. between the two clubs go. Yeah, all's fair in love and war. Yeah, don't have yeah, any issue. Exactly. I, and and I've already said that I was really impressed with the way Greenberg spoke and the way he handled the whole situation. And and the same with Dimmick. Um, but certain things that have happened as far as the Manly, the way the Manly have sort of reacted to it and and handled it as a whole, and the way Des has handled it personally, um leaves a bit to be desired and certainly a few days after you've won a premiership to do that to your fan base and exactly because um, that brings the other point when people go oh when i saw on twitter well i don't know who it was but oh when will people realize that football is just a business yeah it is a business and you want to say it's a business decision so that means you're going to equate it to being something like um fuck what's a po- i haven't even thought of a thought of a, a analogy say like oh you know you the, the ceo of nando's yeah. I love going to Nando's and I'll fucking smash the Nando's, you know yeah. it. And the CEO leaves to KFC and I'm going to have like a personally, I'm going to be personally heartbroken. No, I'm not a fan of Nando's no. to the point, I don't, I'm not a member of Nando's. Well, I don't no, fucking buy, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, the, the thing <laughs> is, yes, there's, it's not the same. It, it is, it is a business in the sense that there's transactions and, and yes, loyalty is dead to a certain point, but from a fan base, exactly. Rugby league is built on the passion of its fans. Exactly. And you, so you can't you can't begrudge the fan base having an emotion attached to this whole situation. Yep. And and that would be the same for any club. And and that's what rugby league's built on. That's why people go to watch the games. That's why there's such a a real you know blue collar passion to our our game. Exactly. And that that's the most appealing part of the whole fucking thing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. Like, this show wouldn't exist without it. Quite exactly frankly. right. And you know. You can't. I just you, yes, it's a business, and and I, I take that comment for what it's worth. But the the, the reaction of the fan base is always always going to be an emotional one. Yeah, it's not just a business because I mean, there's no other business in the world where you know fans invested to the point where you know they're buying memberships. Yeah, and they're and like emotionally invested in the the outcome of from, the business. From the, the, the coach's what, relationship. I don't care what fucking Coke does. I like drinking a Coke. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what the CEO does though. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's a that's a silly argument and I just, you, you can't apply a fan's response to how a coach conducts himself or how a CEO of a, of a club conducts themselves or how the players conduct themselves yep. because to them it is a business. It's their job. Mm-hmm. To us, exactly. it's something we're passionate about. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, you can't, you can't compare the two. Yep. And Desi took a massive dump on the Manly fans, and uh, so he's uh, the general consensus is that uh, respect, thanks for everything. Fuck off, you're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> Next story: the Molson situation. After months of toing and froing between the two clubs, as of today, this seems to change every day though. The Tigers are now expected to formalise Molson's transfer to the Dragons within days, but star 5'8", Benji Marshall, said he's been of the belief that the 23-year-old was staying put. He's in Las Vegas, so I don't even know if he knows what's going on, Marshall said. The last I heard, he was staying around, so I just believe the last thing I heard, and that's what he was saying. 
If he does go, it'll be a big loss for the club. And as mates, I think a few of the boys will be pretty disappointed. The Dragons signed Moulton in August. And uh, St. George Illawarra officials were not aware that there was any problem with his move until the Tigers re- revealed last week that a formal release had never been granted. After deciding to look elsewhere when the Tigers were trying to free up salary space to accommodate star recruit Adam Blair, Maltzen is understood to have had a change of heart and the club was keen for him to stay. One minute we thought he was going, then we might have kept him, then he's going, so I don't know, Chris Lawrence said. <laughs> That's for himself, his manager, and both clubs to decide. They have to work out what's best for him and try and have to work out an agreement between two clubs. Well, I don't think it's a really an issue of what's best for him. I think if you look at it in a cut-and-dry sense, he signed with the Dragons because obviously all the talk from the Tigers were, you know, you'll get a release because we're trying to free up cash. Tigers obviously never had to, never gave that release, so legally I guess that renders the Dragons' con- con- contract invalid. That's true, and the... The big spanner in the works was the Robert Louis scenario. Yeah, which looks like, I mean, that's kind of, a, they haven't said anything about it, but it does kind of tip the hat that perhaps Louis' days are over. Well, and they're looking to, for a number seven. Who does I think the, job. the fact that the plan probably for the club was going to be that Molson was going to move on, Louis was going to be the halfback, and Tedesco would come into the fullback position from the 20s. Then it got to the point where the club was probably looking like Louis was going to be set free. Yep. Um, and that they were going to be looking at having the fullback from the 20s, Tedesco, come up in first grade next season. And the halfback, (laughs) Jacob Miller, come up from the 20s. So there's 50% of the spine of our side that's going to be 20 years of age or 19 years of age. And that's not a scenario that Tim Sheen... They can't all be Daly Cherry Evans. Sorry? They can't all be Daly Cherry Evans. No, well, Jacob (laughs) Miller's had a taste of first grade this season already and handled himself quite well, but... The style of football that the Tigers play, it takes a fucking long time for them to get in sync. To be fair, like an entire off season though is pretty good. You know, if you had to do it, it took Louis time to do it. It took Louis two thirds of a season and a full off season after playing the back end of the '09 season. Can I just say though that Robert Louis, in his actions in other facets of his life, haven't proved to be the most intelligent things. <laughs> so perhaps a player, a player with a higher intellect. <laughs> yeah, I I take your point. I can't can't disagree with that. Um, so it's interesting, interesting to see. I think it's been pretty shabbily handled by by the Tigers first and foremost, and pretty ordinary, um, ordinarily uh, administrated by the Dragons as well. Like, wouldn't you make sure that you dotted your eyes and crossed your t's? Yeah, I have a feeling just the the way the narrative would have played out would have been the Tigers like. We need to free up space. You're free to look. He's signed. They haven't given the release. And then they've fallen into the shit and gone, hey, we don't have to release. Yeah, that's it. You know we, I, mean? I don't. I'm, I'm, that, that's one scenario. That's exactly that's, how, that's how I most, feel it's played out. And that's the most likely scenario. So I don't think the Dragons have really... I mean, the, the Dragons have signed him in good faith because they would have gone on what the Tigers said initially, which they would have said they would have released him. goes back to that comment before. That side of it is a business. Yeah. yeah. And if you're doing a business well, transaction, that, though, make sure it's squared away. Either. And to be honest, the Dragons were the ones trumpeting the signing. Wouldn't you yeah. make sure that it was cut and dried and, and yeah. all squared away before you went out there to the media and yeah. started trumpeting it? Well, I mean, they would have, they would have had a three-year contract in their hand with, you know, T. Molson written on it. And but meanwhile, the Tigers are sitting back there with a, with a release with, with no the, S. Humphreys written yeah. on it. <laughs> and so, it's just, you know, they, the Tigers obviously would have made certain undertakings to the Dragons. Like, okay, we found a space oh, for him. We'll release him. They're falling into shit. Okay, we got, you know we can't release him now because, you know, we need him because we need to give the arse to Louis. 
Um, be interesting to see how it hands out. I mean, I guess in a strict legal basis, I, I, you'd have to say, I guess no release. You know, he stays at the Tigers, but and I don't think he'd be too unhappy to do that either. No, given you know the friendship or he's got the housemate of Benji or was that he, he still is still is until he moves, I guess. And know. I think it might play out in the fact that there might be some goodwill in there that you know in the fact that the Tigers did initially agree to to it, and that's the way it seems to be stemming because. Yeah. By all by all reports last week that there was no signed release, but yep. there was an agreement to release. Yeah, and you know how far how far they push the issue. I guess it depends on how far how keen they are to get uh, Robert Louis out of the club. So it's like custody of a child. It is a little <laughs> bit. It is a little bit. With the uh, Tigers being the women. <laughs> <laughs> Possession is nine tenths of the law, my friend. It is. Finally. The Manly try and move the World Club Challenge. Manly officials will investigate the possibility of hosting their World Club Challenge match against Leeds in Australia next year. The Rhinos... Oh, for fuck's sake, I hope they put buses on. The Rhinos' 32-16 defeat of St. Helens in the Super League Grand Final sets up a replay of the 2009 World Club Challenge when Manly beat Leeds 28-20 at Ellen Road. This time, the Seagulls would like the Northern Hemisphere champions to come to Australia, and Manly Chief Executive David Perry will discuss the idea when he meets NRL officials this week to organise the match. Leeds owner Gary Hetherington has expressed a desire to play in Australia after also hosting the fixture in 2008 and last year against Melbourne. If it's possible, we'd certainly like to play it here, Seagulls Chairman Scott Penn said. I don't know if there's any contractual issues with the Rugby Football League, but if Leeds were happy to come here, that would be our preference. David is having a meeting with the NRL this week, so we should know more after that. If it comes down to finances, I think the game would make more money here as we could get eighty grand, oh, sorry, 80,000 people to ANZ Stadium. Or 50, <laughs> 80,000 people to watch or 50, Manly play Leeds. <laughs> yeah, or 50,000 at Zunkorp Stadium. Manly players are also keen for Leeds to travel to Australia. And Captain Jamie Lyon asked reporters after the grand final win over the Warriors if they knew where the World Club Challenge would be played. Is that in England or over here? Can we play it at Brookvale? He said. It's understood that outgoing Manly coach Des Hasler has begun preparing the Seagulls to travel to Leeds to play the Rhinos on February 11 at Ellen Road. I think it would be awesome, preferably at Suncorp. <laughs> well, yeah, it works for us. Um, and yeah, and I think I'm not sure if they'd get eighty thousand at ANZ. No they'd fucking get, they'd way get a would massive, they get eighty? They'd get a massive crowd simply for the novelty factor that how many times in your lifetime has the World Club Challenge been played here? It's a chance to see a game that you just don't have the opportunity to see. True. I'd like to go just so I can chant in my awesome Pommy accent and cheer for Leeds. Why would you cheer for them? They're assholes. Yeah, but there's no <laughs> point fucking screaming in Pommy tongue to Manly. <laughs> well, no, you could... That yeah. makes no sense, Nathan. <laughs> you, could do your, you could do your normal uh, your, your normal uh, Manly chanting like you trotted out at the grand final the other <laughs> week. Uh, <laughs> you're already good at it. Might uh, as well do it for I one more game. I suspect they'll probably get... Twenty-five to thirty thousand, no matter where they play. I reckon they'll they'll pack out Suncorp. Disagree, because people want to see people. I mean, a because there's no rugby league in February except for the All Stars game. So I mean, it's not inside the normal season. So you're not asking people to you know choose between going to games or you know it's like well outside the season. The other the reason why other reason why I'd like to see it happen is because imagine the Pommies out here in the second week of February trying to play a game of football. Yeah, fucking wilt. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming from like just the coming off the tail end of their winter into what is, you know, probably the most oppressive heat of all year in Australia. And imagine if they played at Suncorp too, it'd be absolutely diabolical. Oh my god. They'd have to play it in quarters, I reckon. 
even if they did put it at night. Sixteenths. Yeah. <laughs> it's playing sixteenths. Yeah, it's just like one set of six, take a drink. Okay. <laughs> Start playing the ball from there. That's where you that's where you attack on after the kick. <laughs> they have to have have to have the trainers running alongside with like ice water spray bottles. So keep cool boys, keep yep. cool. I, don't no, know why I would they'd be really, trainers, but really, anyway. really love to see it at uh, at Suncorp on the 11th because uh, I'd go to watch it. I have a child due on the fourth, and there's a fucking no way in hell that uh, the accountant is going to let me spend six thousand dollars to go on a tour to England to watch the game. So my only shot at watching the World Club Challenge is uh, if they play it in Australia, and I think no matter where it is in Australia, I'll be able to get down to it. But um, so it'd be great if I could just catch a bus there. Well, yeah, <laughs> it really it, would. It'd work. I'd definitely go to watch it, but I don't know how big how big the crowd would be, but time will tell. It's time for the Twillies. First award, let's kick straight into it. As everyone knows, it's extremely, uh, well, it's a... Very prestigious award to get. Hotly contested. Um, hot, very hotly contested um, for players and uh, listeners of the show. And this first one's a listener award. It is the Gronk of the Year. I think it was the Sledger of the Year last year, and I think we had separate ones for Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. This year they've been amalgamated into the one, and it's just it's been renamed to the Gronk of the Year. The Sharkman 05 Memorial Gronk <laughs> of the Year Award. And I open the envelope, and they literally are in envelopes. Yes. It's very official. <laughs> in what is a fairly convincing win, the Sharkman 05 Memorial Gronk of the Year goes to... At Paraman 1973. Oh, hell. Redraw. 42.7% of the vote. Second place was Garbs 1985 on 24.2. So, well, uh, I would have probably preferred Garbs win it because he's less of a cock than... Gronk, than uh, Kyle. So almost, almost called him Gronk so, by first name. So almost seventy percent of the vote went between those two guys. Congratulations! Uh, Who ran third? Uh, third was uh, Tiger Balm 05. Wow! Uh, so not too bad, but he was significantly they, they were incremental percentages. Um, Tad Pike he finished last, unfortunately. He uh, so he's the least Gronkish out of the ones that we had there. And as well, it turned I out, when that we, hard to believe. That well, guy's, well, he's up there. Well, when we did meet him, he, he wasn't really much of a Gronk. No, he bought, uh, me, bought me bourbons. Yeah, it, that's, yeah. that's very anti-Gronkish. <laughs> and uh, the defending champion uh, at backwards hit, Tony Strange, he finished uh, fourth, 8.9% of the vote. So a massive fall from Grace because I think he won fairly convincingly last oh, year. He was, yeah, he was daylight second last year. So there it is. So congratulations, Kyle. It's the only thing you've ever won in your life. <laughs> What's the next award? Second award of the evening is the Super Fan of the Year Award. It's my pleasure to announce this one. As I pull the... Uh, Winning name out of the envelope. <laughs> Who is it? It's another tie. A tie? We had a tie last year. Last year was a tie between uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron and Louise Justin. Tate and uh, Justin Dragonfoot. And this year it is a tie between Aaron again. <laughs> she did it. Good job. And. Who? Kyle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Paraman again. He scooped the pool so far. Wow. And he's got 50% of this one which is 50% more than what he deserves. So what were the percentages on this? How much did they get each? Uh, they got 24% each. Okay, so that's 50% for the two of them. Who came third then? Uh, third was uh, Ben Grace, Tiger Benji, on Twitter, with 22.5% of the vote. So pretty close. Pretty close between the top three. Pretty close. Amazing. Um, obviously, Aaron's been a long-time listener of the show, and 
always reps this week in league. Took the um, sign to the footy show this year with the people that were, were nominated for um for the the fan of the year. It was people who are. Uh, actually supported the show uh, a lot in um, in ways outside of the actual show or outside yep. of social media itself. Yeah. Uh, so like, in that case, I don't know how Kyle won it. Well, Kyle obviously... Uh, Done nothing. He obviously was at some games and everything and, uh, and, and attended some meetups, at least two from memory. Yeah. Well, should have been... Um, if anyone that was at a meetup with Kyle and voted for him, should, you know, have a long look at themselves. Yeah. And Aaron, of course, repped, uh, you know, in combination, to be fair, in combination with uh, Mr. McCarthy and, uh, and her mother... Yes, Repta, this her mother did get three point one percent of the vote, so <laughs> obviously her contribution wasn't as widely recognised. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the Jill might have had more to do with the post than the three point one percent of it. But there you well, go. The fact it was spelled correctly was probably <laughs> yeah. Jill's influence. And of course, the third place getter, Tiger Benji, he uh, he threw together a, uh, a best of of the first season that he we sure uh, released early this season before we started off. Honourable mention to uh, Curtis at Lanier on Twitter, um, and also Tim. At Full Stop Limited on Twitter, who did the Timmy uh, obviously did the and uh, the mashup songs yep. and Dragon Pig song and Coach Killers, Coach Killers, yeah. <laughs> um, and Curtis uh, marked a couple of people and come up with some cash and bought a whole heap of merch, which we were very plus very he also shouted us to the All Star game. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was the first act that he did, and then he also bought a shitload of merch. Super fan in every sense of the word. Wow. Two nice things from Curtis. Bought his, bought his way, bought his way onto that list, but <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. Um, <laughs> Couldn't buy votes though, unfortunately. Yes, exactly. He probably uh, applies that same sort of philosophy to his love life. Also, <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but you know. yeah, that's not how you treat one someone who's nominated for the uh, fan of the year awards, mate. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I'm nothing if not consistent. So, okay, moving right along, the third award of the evening is episode of the year. Open the envelope, and they are legit envelopes. Should uh, take a photo. Where's my phone? Take a photo so you can see. We don't know these results. Audited by a uh, independent accountant, also known as my wife, and so she actually puts these uh, the the results in the envelopes, so we don't see them before we actually announce them. I think it's uh, you know a bit more fun for us as well if we're finding out. This one is the this week in league episode of the year, and the winner is. Episode 65. There's an old saying in rugby league. Really? I would have thought the choppy episode. I would have thought so too. The choppy episode was up there, but it only finished third, actually. Um, It was all fairly close, though. Uh, I I guess episode 65, that was... um, It was a popular episode. Yes. Um, It was a lot of fun. At the time, and people still speak about it. um, And also, I think it benefits greatly from the fact that it's fairly recent. Um, The second place get get it one, which I bet you was 100% voted by Manly fans, was the uh, episode 50, My Garden Shed. (laughs) <laughs> where, where we recounted fun. out the the, uh, the double header in May this year, and third place, uh, only 0.8 of a percentage point behind, was episode 57, which was the episode featuring Choppy. Finally remembered by me because I was in Fiji at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's good. It's good though that that one didn't win, like the one that you're you're not in. Yeah, it would have been. Uh... I mean, been it would have been star harsh, power alone. Harsh reality for me to face up to, wouldn't it? It would have been star power alone that got it over the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving along to the next award. All right, next award what of is the it? night is the uh, mascot of the year award. This one obviously goes out to any any player we've we've ever nicknamed or. Uh, Can I make a prediction? Who wins this one? No, Before you, you don't open want to it? give it away. It's I, I think this is going to be fairly cut and dry. I think this is going to be the. This is going to be. I'm predicting a sixty percent. Share of the votes for the winner. No, actually, it was a little bit closer than that. Okay, who wins? Still, well, it's got to be, right? And still, raining. Still, raining. This week in league, mascot of the year is, of course, Joel, the Ottoman Romolo, with 
48.8% of the vote. Ooh, that's, yeah, I'll say he's half the vote. So who came second? Uh, the Uate Partey. Oh, he did make a run this he year, did. though, Uate Partey. He only came into his own this year, though. We only coined that this year, didn't we? Uate Partey? Must have been. Was it this year? I think it must have been. Jeez, you got me. But I'm, I have to admit, when either Romolo or Uate do something in a game, Twitter erupts. Twitter erupts, and it's like the Ottoman this and Uate Partey that. So how much? So how much uh, share did uh, Uate get of the vote? Uh, Thirty-one point eight. Gee, that's not too bad. So between the two of them, they got eighty uh, percent of the vote. Yep. And uh, third was an honourable mention to Captain Snooze, Chris Nunu. Obviously repaid for his good form. We obviously said his name Thank a lot God more towards the end of the Obviously killed off the Tigers, and no one likes that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, congratulations, the Ottoman. You are a legend, and we hope to someday have you on this show. Oh, exactly, exactly. And we hope that our nickname hasn't offended you in any way. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a menacing and an impressive nickname. It is. I think the next award, award number five for the evening, is the this week in league team of the year award for the fullback of the year. And as I unwrapped the result, the winner. In a fairly close affair, but not too close. Tipples. Incorrect. Billy Slater, the Dally M winner. He's won with 32.6% of the vote. I'm sure Billy would agree that that is the uh, piece to resistance of his season. It's capped it off. Dally M winner, fullback of the year and in the Dally M's and uh, now. In the real prestige. Yeah, and uh, in second really place with 26% of the vote. So, what, 6%, 6.2% behind? Brett Stewart. Oh, God. And then after that, we had, um, you know, Scattered, scattered results and uh, very low polling results for guys like Matty Bowen. Was Jared uh, Hayne in there? Ben Barber, no, no, because he's five eighth now. Oh, that's he right. doesn't qualify. Right. Ben Barber got seventeen point eight. He finished you know, a clear, clear cut third, but a fair way back from the winner. Congratulations, Billy the Grub. It hurts me to say it, but you are our fullback of the year, so I must welcome you into the side. <laughs> Congratulations, your, your Billy. Boat, Harvey Norman vouchers. I'm sure you're just as excited as we are. Billy Slater, he slid feet first into the This Week in League Team of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> the next award uh, is, again, for Team of the Year, and this is for the Winger of the Year. Hotly contested, no doubt. Oh, wow. This is, this is a major shock. Who we got? Let's bring it to It's uh, 56.6% of the vote. It's Lottie Takiri. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, I made that whole thing up. It's actually, it, it's actually Bay Ryan. No, it's no, not. It's not him either. It's Uate Partey, isn't it? It's Uate. It is Aquila Uate, the Uate Partey. Well, how many percent did he get? 56? He did, he did get 56.6% wow, mate. Second was Gerald Yao, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, with 15.5%. Jeez, that's a long way back. Yeah. 40% it, less. It was fairly convincing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Manu Vadavai was third with 10%. So. Fair enough for all three of them. That's 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 actually the way that real rugby league fans would vote, not yeah, most people, <laughs> based much. on this season. I mean, because Wade did have a, a gangbuster season. He sure did. The next award is for the team of the year, centre of the year. I know who I want to win. Willie wins, probably me, not. Me and you, you Betty White played about five for games. He's not going to win. And the winner is well, in my eyes. Upside down. Upside down. Jamie Lyon, thirty-four point nine percent of the vote. In second, to show this is a shit award ceremony if that Pratt's winning. In second place, Jack Reed on twenty-seven point nine. So it was season two, fairly close. And then we had a couple of guys. Uh, third place, Chris Lawrence, Steve Matai, eleven point six. Fourth place, Chris Lawrence, 
Blake Ashford <laughs> <laughs> on 10.9%. Uh, well done, Blake. So, uh, and, and then we had some uh, minor placings with guys like uh, Mark Gaznier, Greg Inglis. Greg Inglis so, yeah. voted, got voted? 3.1% of the vote for Greg Inglis. Jesus H. Crossed. And uh, so, Jamie, congratulations. Premiership, Dallium Centre of the Year, Twilly Centre of the Year. And now the real award. What's this one for? That's the one that's going to go on the fireplace. This is the one. It's going the pool room. This one's going straight to the pool room. The other one's going above the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Using to clean the toilet. (laughs) The next award for the team of the year is the five eighth of the year, and I think this is fairly cut and dried. It's going to be. It's going to. It's going to have to be, isn't it? And probably the most significant point of the evening. The 2011 5-8 of the year for the uh, This Week in League Twilly Awards. Prestigious. Benji Marshall. And how many percent was With it? With 34.9% of the vote. Gee, that's close. Who came second? Oh, Daylight. Daylight to how many percent? <laughs> daylight daylight to about 30%? 31%. Of? The vote. For who? Daylight. <laughs> Is Daylight? Kieran, Kieran Daylight for it. Wow, that was close then. Yeah, but not close enough. No, not close enough. Really. And uh, look, I don't it just goes to show that whoever said that Darren Lockyer was better than Benji was a filthy liar. <laughs> exactly. The, this week in league, listeners have spoken. And he wasn't even on the Bro. list, really. <laughs> I mean, how many percentage went to others on that award? Not enough, clearly. 8.5%. Exactly. So I reckon 8.5% people went for Lockie. <laughs> Unless people were getting smart and saying stuff like, you know, uh, Bo Henry or something oh, like God. that. The ninth award of the evening. Halfback of the year. Team of the year. Halfback of the year. I know who I want to win. Robert Louis. No. But okay. we'll see. The winner is... Oh, almost the biggest winner of the night, too. With 58.9% of the vote. Jonathan Durston. Daily Cherry Evans, halfback of the year. In second you place. Just imagine the camera panning to Jonathan Thurston. He's like, fucking Jesus. JT was tied for second with Sean Johnson. Turning around to his teammates, blowing up. <laughs> How did you let this happen? Unfortunately. Sean Johnson came second. He tied, tied for second with Jonathan Thurston with 10.1% of the vote oh, between wow. each. Um, in third place, we had Chris Sandow, uh, followed That's by, nice kicking followed by Cooper Cronk, followed by Peter Wallace. Um, that's an ass kicking in any sixty percent of the vote. Nice one, Cherry. As another one to go with your Rookie of the Year Dally M Award and your Premiership. What's the next award? Second year syndrome is going to bite him in the ass. Something chronic. Anyway, sorry. He can I retire in a bottle. He's I clearly... shouldn't mumble while I'm on stage. He should standing be, um, at the pulpit. He is that what be, it's called? After, after this award, I mean, that's just capped such a season. He probably should be declared an immortal already. The next award is uh, 2011 This Week in League Lock of the Year. And the winner is probably well-deserved to admit, Paul Gallen with well 37.2% of the vote. How many? 57? 37. 37. 37. Gee, okay, who came second? Corey Parker? Really? How did you manage to put him in with the Locks of the Year? Wow. He played second row all year. What's he doing in there then? You made the Good list. Just, he didn't win. <laughs> yeah, I ran the list past you before I published it, though. Oh, well. Yeah, I know. I only made sure that Benji was in his list and just <laughs> browsed over the rest. Ah, uh, okay. You just want him to vote for Benji. Yeah. Well done, Paul Gallen. Um, and I imagine that he'd have to be a, a decent contender for the player of the year, too. 
I would think so. And obviously, you know, the fact that he's he's polled so well and he plays for the Sharks. Yep. It's yep. his testament. If he played, you know, if he had another three or four players of, of an ability level somewhere around his, yep. not the same as his, obviously he's a great player, but somewhere in the same stratosphere, yep. um, he'd probably <laughs> I mean, <laughs> win everything. Well done, Gallon. The next award goes to number 11, second rower of the year in the team of the year, I should say. And the winner is... Rigged. Rigged. Gareth. 27.1% of the vote. That's great, Gareth. Gareth Ellis. Gareth. Oh, you little butler. And I love you. It was close in second place with 23.3% of the vote. Chris Hollington. Coke Sims. Oh, well deserved too. He had a great Well game. done. I mean, and, and he's done it off the bench. If he had a played, if he had started the entire season, he probably would have lost by a little bit less. We smashed Gareth to the great man. Uh, and uh, further back in the pack, the we had the great uh, man. Further back in the pack, we had guys like uh, your Anthony Watmos and uh, <laughs> Fat Touchy, four point seven percent of the vote. <laughs> Gareth Ellis, what a legend! Good on you, Gareth. Of course, got Tigers Player of the Year for the second year running, so or third year running. It's interesting that the players that are, that are winning our awards are the players that are actually winning other awards as well. So. Clearly, uh, our listeners are copying everything the Daily M's do. (laughs) (laughs) We should do them sooner next year. (laughs) And the next award is for the prop of the year. Oh, it goes without saying. Actually, it's not Keith Galloway. (laughs) It's Matt Scott (laughs) with 31% of the vote. Well, 31% indicates a bit of a spread. Who was second? 26.4% goes to uh, the big source. Man, we saw at the grand final, Keithy Galloway. Keithy Galloway, good on you. Congratulations, uh, Matt Scott. You uh, certainly are the, the premier prop in the game at the moment, I would say. He'll be sharing the uh, front row with Keith Galloway, will he not, or is he injured? Oh, I don't know. I know Keithy's starting, that's all I care Keith about. <laughs> Keithy doesn't share the front row with anyone. Keithy is as, the front as, row. as Adam Blair will find out to his detriment next season. <laughs> and Robbie Farrow. <laughs> Award number 13 of the evening is the Hooker of the Year Award. <laughs> I know who you want to win. <laughs> Let's see who wins. And the winner with 41.9% of the vote. Cameron Smith. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I had the fist pump and everything ready. In second place, a 19.4% was Matt Ballon. What? <laughs> It's a disgrace. In Our listeners place. are a bunch... No, they're not. In, they're excellent. In third place on 12.4% of the vote, Robbie Farrer. Oh, thank God for that. And uh, further back in the pack, you had uh, Andrew McCulloch, uh, Jake Friend, and Isaac Luke bringing up the minor Michael places. Michael Ennis didn't make it, eh? Michael Ennis, not at all. I guess Still the fact continues to get picked for New South Wales, though, which is an absolute disgrace and a travesty of rugby league. I guess the fact that he didn't really play after Origin this season might have hurt him a little bit in the awards. Shouldn't have played at Origin. Would never have got injured. Yeah, but you know. The next award, let's not get into that debate again. We've had that a few times. And you'll always back the, the your Tigers guy. Oh, of course. You're not you're not backing the, the you're not backing whether Ennis deserves to be there or not. You're backing whether he deserves to be there or not in place of Robbie Farrer. Yeah. Which is an it's an invalid <laughs> argument really. Oh, sorry, did, did you see the argument on Twitter today between Brycey and Robbie Farrer about no. that very fact? They started slamming each other. Really? About um yeah, because obviously Bryce is leaving to go to the Sharks. Yeah. And, uh, and and Robbie was saying, oh, he slagged him about something. He was saying how he can't wait to can't wait to hit him off the ball next season or something like that. And Farrah's like, you know, yeah, yeah how are you going to hit me off the bench? <laughs> <laughs> the bench, that kind of thing. And um, 
then he said something about how he's not good. Well, he's not good enough to play for Origin, and you know, he, he, yeah, you, <laughs> and it just went from there. But, oh, uh, Bryce is great. Is I'd like to have a beer, like several beers with Bryce. Like really yeah. get him charged up and like. And if he was there, Liam would be there too. Yeah, that'd be funny. I reckon I could sledge him pretty well. Yeah, and then you'd wake up under a fucking eco slab. <laughs> no, that's We're all Tigers brothers. It's all good. And next award is the Interchange Player of the Year. Well, so who, let's, go, let's go through some of the some of the uh, people on that list. I assume Tarek Sims would be on there. No, Gillette. Perhaps T Rex. Yes. I'm just asking. I'm not saying who won. I'm just saying who's on the list. Uh, Jamie Bureau, of course. Oh, of course James Segiaro. Yep. Mossy yep. Masoy. Oh, of course. Preston Campbell. Yep. And the winner. Matt Gillette with 29.5% of the vote. Good effort. Tell you he, what, did he made a late charge towards the end of the season was Tony Williams, who came second with 27.9. That's close, isn't it? Very, very who close. Who would have thought Salad would have got that close last, you know, given last season? It's amazing. Yes. Who would have thought he would have been on the bench in first grade, let alone... Yeah. Because well, he, he, he may have been playing on the wing. He could <laughs> for, have been for the whole game. playing park footy <laughs> based on some of his performances last year. Okay. Award, the 15th award of the night. She's just ripping through them. The player of the year. The big one. Well, not the big one. The big one for this week in league is probably the Revelation Award, but... Player of the year. And this one was... There were no multiple choices. This is people writing, do you think? Oh, and it is close. <laughs> I'm talking one vote decided winner in second place. Benji Marshall. And the winner... Of the Player of the Year award Benji Marshall, is Benji Marshall, Benji, Marshall. Benji Marshall. Of course it is. One the people vote, have spoken. One vote behind in second place, Daly Cherry Evans. What? And five point five votes behind Cherry was Darren Lockyer. And Billy Slater did not poll. We've only got the top three here because... um, yeah. Well, well, well. The people have spoken. Benji Marshall is the best player in the game. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to take this opportunity to say a few words on Benji's behalf. Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost for words. I don't know what to say. I'm just I'm overawed by this occasion. Bro. The next award of the evening is oh, I almost said Wookie of the Year. <laughs> the Wookie. The Wookie of the Year goes to Chewy. <laughs> the rookie of the year. This has got to be a clear cut win, I think. Unless the Broncos fans ganged up. Judging from your tone of your voice, I think I know who it is. I was trying to find a shit player that <laughs> I was going to read out instead. Of course, with 67.4% biggest of the, win vote, of the night. Daily Cherry Evans from the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. His second award of the evening. Wow. Sensational. What a big year he's had, eh? Oh. What a year. And so who came second? I mean, it's not really worth talking about considering that he got 60-odd, 70% of the vote. Second was Sean Johnson with 10.9%. So between the two of them, they got 80%. Gee, the other guys were fighting out for the scraps. Oh, Jack Ree got 10.1, so oh, okay. he was pretty, much, it was pretty tight. But yeah. Matt's Rama got 0.8. At least he got Chad Townsend, 0.8. Wow. Yes. I think Shrama, he just, the, the, fate of, the fate of the Titans, I think, uh, well, yeah. you know, cost Shrama. Because, I mean, the, if we had to cast this vote, you know, in a, you know, a month after he started, then, yeah. Very true. 17th award of the evening. This is the most prestigious award as far as we're concerned. Well, it's it's the it's the one everyone wants to win, and it's the one it we want to doll out. Okay, the revelation of the 2011. Of course, the the, the 
NRL the origins season. of this award do stem back to our first ever episode. For people who haven't actually listened, uh, who've only started listening this season, give us a quick rundown on what the revelation's all about. Well, in our first ever episode, um, I dubbed one El Takiri. Confidently, confidently, confidently dubbed. dubbed Lottie Takiri uh, before a ball had been kicked in anger of the 2010 NRL season. I was uh, dubbing Lottie Takiri the revelation of the 2010 NRL season and continued to do so every week, um, despite the fact he didn't score any hat-tricks. Until the, till the, Twilly, the first Twilly Awards at the end of last season. Yes, when Todd Carney, Todd Carney was out of it. dubbed on, uh, on vote by This Week in League's listeners to be the revelation of the 2010 NRL season in perhaps the uh, most deject, you know, dejecting the most horrible night of my life when I realised that people did not share my love for Lottie Takiri. <laughs> but the award has stayed, and I did manage to uh, throw a few revelation calls in there for Lottie this year in the three games he did actually play. Did you throw up any other revelation calls? I mean, I was I was consistent at the start of this daily. season. It was all daily. Yeah. And, uh, and the award goes look. to the revelation of the 2011 NRL season goes to the winner with 40.3% of the vote, Daly Cherry Evans. His third award, is his third award of the night? He got halfback. Halfback rookie revelation. revelation. He's sweeping it. Second place, late charge. Players who make a late charge often do really well in these awards. 17.8%, not even close, but second nonetheless. Sean Johnson. Yeah. In uh, third place, Iwate Pate. And then we had, in fourth place, Jack Reed. So he's backed up his, uh, his mediocre showing in the rookie poll with uh, the similar... <laughs> <laughs> Tarek Sims and Matty Schrama made up the minor placings. Congratulations, Cherry. Third win. Fuck, we might have to rename these to the from the Twillies to the DCEs. <laughs> well, they already, they already named the other ones the Daily M's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, we have to, we have to, I, I will we'll get word of these awards to him as well. I like it. I like it. The next award of the night is the Tontine Softness Award. <laughs> awarded to the player who uh, committed the softest act on the football field. And it has gone to, with 42.6% of the vote. Fair I'm not call. sure that many people even actually noticed it during the game. It was only the fact that I brought it up when we were talking about it was Ben Cray not st- sticking up for a fallen Brett Morris after Justin Hodges had absolutely pumped him while he was laying on the ground with a busted leg. Okay, so what, what, what other incidents were up for a vote in that one? Uh, Isaac Luke's dive against the Cowboys. Yep. And uh, Jamie Soward shirking his duties in defence against the Tigers. Uh, <laughs> well, they wouldn't let him in take that the order, bench. that was the first three. There was a couple others on there as well, I think. But, uh, yeah, Benny Cray. I'm not sure... I didn't see really anyone else mentioning it on Twitter. I just it was just an observation I made, and uh, he just stood there and let it. Obviously, happen. people obviously, re- yeah. Hang on, that's right. <laughs> but Ben Cray does have history with Justin Hodges. He does. So he was not going there. He does fear the man. He does. He does have a history of marshmallowness. Okay, the second last award of the night. It's the Grub Act of the Year. Gee, there's a lot of contenders for this, no <laughs> doubt. You in every episode. Yeah, pretty much convincing well fairly convincing winner there's two there's two incidents here that shot out and the rest of them didn't even make double figures yeah so the winner on 48 I would imagine they both happened oh no they did the winner which you'll be very aware of because you're speaking about it 48.8% Justin Hodges smashing a clearly wow. injured Brett Morris 
in second place. I know what I voted for, and it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the one that you voted for came second, 37.2% of the vote, with Manly 5-on-1 blessed off. Yeah. <laughs> and where you have to go way down to 7.8% of the vote for Paul Gallen donkey kicking Bo Henry in the face. Um, Which is, is it was an impressive act of grubbery, but when yeah. you put the other two up there against it, it, it pales in comparison. Another another recent recent act that didn't really um, get many votes at all was uh, Cameron Smith uh, elbow on Kevin Locke oh, yeah, in the true. in the final. Uh, that was four point seven percent, and way back on zero point eight percent, Jared Beal's knee drop on Lockie's face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Broncos fans will be happy to see that that didn't win because that would have been hilarious. Yes. Final award of the night, Glenn. The final award what of the is night it? is the hashtag of the year. This is a more obviously more Twitter specific. Uh, something we uh, enter into quite frequently on Twitter is uh, hashtags, and uh, this been this any, would have been an absolute any fucking, number. This would have been an absolute nightmare for my wife to collate. Yes, it's a tie. A tie. Absolute tie. What do we got? Between oh, fuck. What is it? After you read it out. The winner. <laughs> I, I, I can live with this. It's a tie between first at Souls. He has to take some credit yeah, for Pashidic. Hash Pashidic is joint winner with Which, Hash Go Manly. Yeah, I just want to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> well done. This is supposed to be a gala awards evening. Well done, everyone, Not especially Manly. Inducing. Cherry Evans, sensation light. Benji had a fair fair account of himself as well. Yes. Did have a uh, specific manly flavour about it, which well, tastes really, remarkably it, like ass. Well, if Cherry was if Cherry wasn't winning the awards, though, I don't think any other. Oh, Jamie Lyon got one. You Jamie, had you had Gaddeth, you had Benji picked up a couple. Yeah, but it was still so, yeah, still too much manly for my liking. Pretty much all manly tigers. So. <laughs> oh, although Storm got a couple there, Billy got one, Cameron Smith got one. Yeah. So uh, Gallon got one. The love was shared. There it is. Now it's time to. Uh, Call a halt to the evening's proceedings and uh, let everyone get their drink on and get naked on the dance floor. Previews. One game this week. Of course. Sunday. Australia versus New Zealand. At Newcastle, a one-off test match... I guess as a warm-up for the Four Nations, but also as a uh, final goodbye on Australian soil for Darren Lockyer. Jesus, that's some goodbyes. Mate, there's been Johnny more... Johnny Farnham. There's been more endings <laughs> to his career than the end of the third Lord of the Rings movie. I mean, his career's faded to black about 400 fucking times this season. Lockie's the voice, try and understand <laughs> it. Well, to be <laughs> fair... Make some noise. The, the, the John Farnham analogy is, is, is inc- a little bit incorrect for, in the sense that Lockyer hasn't kept unretiring. I mean, it was always <laughs> going to be the end of this year. He hasn't, like, retired, then come back, retired, well, then come back. Well, you never know. He might, uh, <laughs> might run out. Bronco, you know, Tony Carroll style, might get a couple of injuries next Maybe. year. Lockie Maybe. makes runs out. Maybe. You know, injuries to the pride of Corey Norman when they you know, get a few thumpings. <laughs> so, who do you see winning this game? I think Australia will win it. I think, again, because of the Lockie factor. Which has affected every club or every team he's played in this year, um, in in a positive way, and just the fact that you know it's in Newcastle will be a fairly parochial crowd there, and and I mean the the main contributing factor I see it is the fact that there's two West Tigers in the team, really? Keithy Galloway and uh, Chrissy Lawrence, Betty White, 
You have to you have to imagine. I really just want to like literally punch you in the face, gouge your eyes out, <laughs> and get like a, an aerosol spray and spray it right into your eyeball. You say that now. I'll say that all the time. But when he limps off in five, five minutes into the game. I'll say it was the best five minutes of rugby league has been played in and the every, last 10 years. And every other centre in Australia is injured or unavailable. That's why he got picked. Possibly the worst centre pairing in the history of Australian rugby league is a call I'm prepared to make. When you, Jobs for the boys by Sheenzy, much like Lottie last year. <laughs> Keith Galloway's been one of the premier front rowers of the game. Keefy, Keefy I've got no problem with Keefy being inside. And Chris Lawrence, uh, when fit, is probably within the top three or four centres uh, in rugby league history. And so you bring like up 2010. Say, beg your pardon? You bring it up 2010. Because you said when fit. That never happened this year. <laughs> he's been fit on at least six times this year. <laughs> no, he's and played at least six times this year. I don't know about the fitness side of things. And it's clear that uh, that's been enough to uh, get him an Australian Guernsey, as it were, and I'm sure he'll do, do his country proud. Kiwi's do me got a, proud, more importantly. Kiwi's got a fair side. Sorry? Kiwi's got a fair side. They have. Got the edge in the halves. Did you note that four is at halfback? Yeah, it's just, you know, Benji's 5'8 in club. That's the way it is. But he's, so, he's always he's played seven and Foran's played six before, though. Yeah, well, I mean, Foran, he was off the bench in the Anzac test, I think. I think he was playing 14. Don't think so, champ. I think he was. I don't think he got a lot of game time, to be honest. Well, it's probably right. It's probably why the Kiwis got so close. Well, I mean, they, he'd set up that try at the end to oh, make it close. Go. You were there. You remember when you... Yeah, know, I remember you, it. You remember the try that Foran it. set up, right? Yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Um... I just wonder, there's a lot of players that haven't played for a month. Yeah. Kiwis, <laughs> on the other hand, you know, the, a fair representation of, uh, of Warriors players. A couple had to pull out. Captain Snooze got the call up and he had to, then he pulled out. Oh. Mate, take your chances. They're not going to come that yeah, often. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> you're Captain it. Snooze, mate. You can't I mean, be so liberal with your uh, test caps there, champ. You, you asked your way into the squad, son. You've got to take that <laughs> shit with both hands. Yeah. <laughs> you're always a week away from park footy. <laughs> yeah. So, look, I think it'll be a good game. I think they'll be pretty pretty relaxed, pretty fresh, and, yeah. and might throw it around a bit. Really hard to say who's going to win. Like you said, you know, with a lot of players not playing in a, in a while. Um, I guess you just have to go with the, the home team, the emotion on Lockie, yep. go with Australia. I'm going to go with uh, Chris Lawrence to get two tries, Keithy Galloway to get one try. Keithy um, Galloway, who got one try all season in yeah. like the last game they played. Yeah. That's right. Which means... He's going to get another try now, is he? Well, he'll, exactly. He'll be, he'll be paying the same in his last, last one 50, games. 50, he's, $51. To in 50 his last 50. one games, he's got a 100% try scoring record, hasn't he? I mean, really? I suppose. Can't argue with that. It's a pretty <laughs> impressive record, if you ask me. The uh, Of course, the average does drop somewhat if you take into account the previous 25 games, the 26 <laughs> games of the season that he did. Um, you can come up with statistics to back up anything, Nathan. Yeah. But I, I guess... Uh, 50% of the hosts of this show know that. Australia are settled in the sense that, you know, you've got your Lockies, Thurston's, Billy Slater's, Cameron Smith. I mean, the combination's there. Will the Kiwis come out and put one on Lockie? Well, they'd be crazy not to, but they won't. Will Benji come out and prove yet again that he's better than Lockie? No. I didn't think so. Benji will play for the 10 to 15 minutes he likes to play for in every game he plays. (laughs) Kiwis may put on 10 to 12 points. Hang on a sec, I'll just go back to these awards he won. Depending who's uh, kicking the goals for the Kiwis, they'll have 8 to 12 points. No, that's Daily Cherry Evans. If Benji's kicking, they'll have 8 points. So is that. Shit. There's a lot of Daily Cherry Evans in here. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a winner. That's right, 5 out of the year, Benji Marshall, that's right. He's a winner. Oh. Why are you pulling that out again? Oh, I just like to look at it. 
just like to look at it on Benji's behalf. I know, I know, he'd be listening to this, just you know, smiling to himself. <laughs> you said you tell him on Twitter. Sorry, tell him on Twitter. Ah, uh, Benji's not a Twitter guy. Well, he's on there. Well, he is. He's not, he has cut it. He has cut it down a bit. How about you tell Bryce? Bryce, he'll pass it on for you. <laughs> <laughs> so Australia to win. Oh, yeah, I think Australia will win 13-plus, but I, I don't know that that's going okay, to be an indication of their dominance in the in the Four Nations. I think the Kiwis are a big chance in the Four Nations. Yeah, they do take a little bit of time to warm up usually, and it's the final where they actually surprise people and win. They the fact that else. they've got a warm-up game probably works in their favour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it helps us out as well, though. I mean, although, you know, usually we don't need to, but it helps us. It's just another occasion for, you know, people to sell stuff based on Darren Lockyer. So yeah. Someone's making some money somewhere along the line. Uh, on this occasion, probably Nathan Tinkler. Because <laughs> um, he needs a couple of extra bucks. Yeah, yeah he's a bit skint. Um, but yeah, Australia, I say 8 to 12, you say 13 plus. Australia yeah, 13 to win plus. unanimous. Go, Aussie, go. That is full time for episode 69. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Facebook, as you know, we cracked the 800. Let's aim for 900 by the end of the month. Jesus. <laughs> or 810, which is probably more realistic. <laughs> iTunes, keep the reviews coming. We got a couple of great ones this week. In fact, we got four new ones that I saw. Um, the first one from Mr. Bowles, who we do know is a uh, Twitter follower of the show. He is. The, head, the headline is Rugby League insight laced with humor five stars these guys genuinely provide a weekly highlight for rugby league fans a strong opening statement but backed up by the regularity of great reviews the tremendous increase in likes and followers as well as the depth of affection the boys hold with their listenership rugby league is a unique game and it takes a unique angle to grab a hold in its media market in this country this week in league nate and glenn have done just that Sure, it might be a little too much manly every now and then, but that's Agreed. an incredibly small price to pay for the entertainment, opinion, and facts that these boys deliver. Facts. Facts. Coupled still with an amazing ability of giving lasting nicknames to some of the game's greats. I completely recommend this podcast to all rugby league fans, and to those who aren't fans, this will hook you anyway. Get it. Get involved on Twitter, in brackets, at TWI League, and join the hash twill army in hash twill nation. That's a sensational. That's going to be the review of the year, I think. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, next one, short but sweet. The fact that it come from Penrith is even more remarkable. Yeah, the problem with this, uh, the, the printing, it's uh, very hard to read because the printer was running out of ink. This one is wicked. It's been running out of ink for fucking 26 weeks straight. Yeah. And every week you go, it's all right, I'll just shake it. Buy yeah. some ink, you tight ass. It's, the black ones are fine. Look at the black. Clear as day. It's these little ones here that yeah, got a hit of blue in them that's fucked up. Anyway, this one is uh, from Toto TV. Wicked. Five stars. It was Toto TV. He was the winner of uh, one of our competitions. I believe he won a Jabber. Or maybe, did he win overall? The overall? Yeah, I think he did. He's, he's certainly won something. And he's just said, uh, Wicked. Five stars. Best thing ever to hit my ears. <laughs> Gotta love it. Next one. From someone called Fook Me. F-O-O-K-M-I. Best League Podcast, five stars. This podcast is fantastic. Better than two hours of video featuring Rennie Matua, SBW, and Dan Carter without shirts. Oh. Is this you that wrote this review? Seriously, get this podcast if you haven't already. It's funny and insightful. Oh, hang on, I'm still thinking about that video. P.S. Glenn, have you seen Austin Powers' gold member? 
How random is that? What's that? Well, clearly to do someone who listens to the show carefully and understands the fact that you have never seen any movies, so they're asking you a serious question. Oh, really? <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the sequel, the Austin Powers yes, sequel? Yes, I have seen it. Wow, a miracle, an absolute miracle. And finally, five star review. Don't remember a Amazing thing about it. exclamation mark from Jessica Davis, who of course we met at the meetup at the Opera House the other week after the grand final. Uh, I'm a new listener. She's angry. On Twitter, she is. In real life, not so much. In real life, she's an angry, but she's like a she's more of a a brooding serial killer, like seriously turn your back on me or slit your throat type okay. person. It's like a serial serial killer. So yeah, Jessica's a serial killer. Okay, got it. I'm a new listener, but I've known these guys for ages. I've downloaded several episodes, including last season, and I can't get enough. Nate and Glenn do a great job, and I can't wait for more. Love it. Jeez, I should have waited till you read the review out before I called her a serial killer. Yeah, and no, before you ask, I'm not going to edit it out either. Right, eh? You're good. You're a dead man. I stand by my previous statement. And Jess, if uh, you want his address, I'm happy to divulge. Website: become a member of the Mighty Twill Nation. <laughs> Whatever she lives mentioned. in Byron Bay, <laughs> she'd be so stoned by the time she hears this, she won't make any difference whatsoever. To the Byron Bay, not Nimbin. Sorry. <laughs> if she drives through Nimbin, yeah, but the smoke, way. the smoke from Nimbin makes its way over to Byron Bay. Fair enough. Uh, she can breathe. What was I saying? Website: become a member of the Mighty Twill Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com. That's it. That's all I've got. Twilly's done and dusted. Yes. Marquee evening for the sport. Marquee evening for Daly Cherry Evans. Continue on a marquee season for a marquee legend. Future immortal. Current immortal in my book. Oh, clearly you've had too much champers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, excuse me. Uh, Anthony Watmo and uh, CUC. Uh, we're three of us about to go and uh, piss on the doorstep of the council office. Well, I can thoroughly recommend the uh, therapeutic effects of doing so. Uh, what a remarkable black tie, no pants evening it's been. Sensational. Nate Miles made a mess of himself. Yeah, as usual. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a gala event without Nate soiling his pants. And uh, we probably should wrap things up now. Um, I see that Robert Louis got a hankering for eggs. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.